0: episode 139 the one life show today brace yourself i'm going to tell you a story of when i found a dead body and you are listening to episode number 139 of mike murphy unplugged learn create move forward i am your host mike murphy i'm a one-man band i'm a technology junkie and i love helping people figure things out i am really excited to be here with you today the goal of Mike Murphy Unplugged is to help you learn what you need to know in order to create online content so you can move forward in business and in life. In today's story time episode number 139, The One Life Show, I'm going to share a rather sad story that not a lot of people have ever heard, but the message is positive. The story is to remind you that you have one life and there is no better time than now to create the life you want. Today's episode 139 is about you. Are you happy? Are you doing everything you can to create your version of happiness or success, not somebody else's? Is self-doubt and fear of trying holding you back? Well, today is about hitting the pause button, doing a self-audit to make every second count. So let's get into this episode 139, the One Life Show. We're gonna flash back about 20 years ago. Me and my dog, drove my 1972 Volkswagen van from Missoula, Montana to Canterbury, New Hampshire, where I lived with my roommate from college and his now wife for about a year and a half in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. You see, I moved out west right after college, and I cashed in my cum laude English degree for a busboy job and several other random jobs. I was making good money and happy, though. But I've always had this driving voice in me that strives for greatness. And my internal voice, it's not fueled by my trying to impress others. I am completely self-motivated and driven and never fully satisfied by my own accomplishments or wins. You can and should do more, it always tells me. Sure, I would like financial freedom to explore more places without worry. But my drive to succeed has nothing to do with making money or material goals, but everything to do with living up to my own expectations of what I think I am capable of or the best that I can be. And quite honestly, not a lot of it makes sense to me, so I really try to keep myself in check, but it is not always easy to quiet that inner voice. I'm sure you know what I mean. I'll tell you, some of my happiest moments in my life have been when I was a busboy or a bartender or not working at all. I've never been ashamed of any job I've had, but there was constant nagging in my head to seek more and stretch my mind and my writing skills and find a more impactful job, etc., etc. So after college, I goofed around out west for a few years, having a good time, had enough money to do what I wanted, but I still wanted to use that degree, dang it. I was feeling a little lost. So my best friend from college who had a real job and said, come to New Hampshire, stay with us, find a job at a university or maybe land a job in Boston. So me and the dog headed east, and let's just say I didn't take the straightest distance between two points, but I did make it to New Hampshire a few months later, I went to my first and last job fair, and got a job with a corporate lawn company, which was the only job I could find that I didn't have to dress up. They paid for gas because we drove around during the day meeting clients and looking at lawns, and during busy times of the year, I had the option to work in the field, which seemed like a lot of fun to me. This job was perfect for me in many ways because it was kind of a real job in that I had salary and benefits, but it was casual, and you may have picked up on this in other episodes. I'm not really into the whole suit and tie thing. I did need a more presentable and reliable car, so I bought my first real car as well, meaning the air conditioner and the speedometer worked, and I was now officially using my college degree, sort of. Was this the real world that I have been working for since kindergarten? The job was actually not that bad and I enjoyed a lot of it because I saw every nook and cranny of southern New Hampshire and only had to be in the office a couple hours a day. Here's the deal. I have had some bad jobs and a few of them I knew were not for me, but I always tried to make the most of them and they've always been just a means to an end. Nothing is permanent and there's really good in most everything if you look for it, so take everything you can out of everything. Because of this job, I made some great friends. I learned a lot about the art of selling, which still comes in handy, and I learned a lot about trees and flowers and landscaping, so I got my trivia fix. I also learned what I already knew, was that I have always been a one-man band. The traditional career life where you work somewhere to retire with a 401k does not have my name on it. For this job, I really liked working in the field. I got to dress in worker bee clothes and load up a big old truck and drive through the beautiful hills and woods of New Hampshire, up and down the beautiful coastline. I was taking lunch breaks, looking out at the Atlantic. I had no idea what I was doing with the lawns, but I had fun driving around, talking to homeowners, getting tons of exercise, and just soaking up the sun. So one fall morning, I packed up the work truck, headed out to the coast to small little town right on the border of New Hampshire and Massachusetts. My main job was pushing those little hand-push wheelbarrow-looking devices that spreads grass seeds or limestone. I just made laps up and down, like mowing a lawn, pretty much did this all day. It was easy, and I enjoyed it. So I got my first house of the day, and it was set back at the end of this kind of woody street. So I loaded up my spreader, and I made my way to the backyard. I'm in the back, daydreaming, pushing my cart up and down this really big lawn. I started at the edge, and I was working my way towards the center of the backyard. And as I got a little closer to the center of the yard, near the back deck of the house, I saw a lawn chair with what I thought was a Halloween scarecrow because it had a plaid jacket on it, or it could have been an old guy that just kind of dozed off. That was my first reaction. And my next reaction was I just wanted to give them a, a heads up so they didn't get nervous if they just suddenly woke up and saw this person in the backyard. So I started walking towards the chair. And as I got closer, I thought I saw a rifle or a shotgun propped between the scarecrow's legs Then I got a little scared for a split second, but still had no idea what was going on. So warning, it's gonna get a little graphic right here. So if you're easily grossed out or disturbed, please skip about 20 seconds ahead. So I started walking really slowly towards the back of the chair. And when I got up close and there was a hole in this person's head, there was a shotgun laying between his legs, resting on his chest. And I was just staring at this body, sitting in a chair in the middle of a backyard. I can't explain the level of confusion or uncertainty I was experiencing at that moment. I didn't think it was real. It was 10 a.m. in the morning in this sleepy little coastal town. And then, probably because I read a ton of cop books and mysteries and love suspense movies, I started thinking, you know, I got nervous. Maybe there was someone in the house who had just killed this person. Yet, I still didn't believe in my head that this was all real. That this was a real person. I was numb. Pulling up to the job, I noticed this little machinery or welding shop across the street. So I walked over, and there were a bunch of guys working inside. I said in a very calm voice, I think I found a dead body across the street, but I really need someone to make sure. It was the strangest sensation, and I think that it may have been a form of shock protecting me, but after looking at me like I was crazy, they all sprinted across the street, and it was true. In that chair was a 23-year-old military veteran who just took his own life in the backyard of his father's house. I leaned on the work truck for what felt like forever, just staring, blank inside. The police arrived shortly. They were very nice to me. And then the moment that I will never forget. The father pulled up really fast. He jumped out of the car. He ran into the front door of the house and I could just hear him yell, no. What happened next changed me forever and mostly why I'm telling you the story. Shortly after, the father walked back out the front door and was walking right towards me. He gathered his composure, he asked me my name, and said, are you okay, Mike? Nobody should ever have to witness something like that. I thank you for getting help. He grabbed my arm, kind of gave it a squeeze, and said, I'm sorry you had to see this, and turned around and walked back in. I was in disbelief for this gesture and what was even more impressive was he called me a few days later at work to make sure that I was okay. To say I was blown away by this selfless act, this guy who was asking me how I was when he just lost his son, it impacted me. It keeps me in check today in moments where I might be quick to judge someone or if I'm thinking something is so bad or if I'm not being nice or kind or only thinking about myself. I drove an hour or two back to the headquarters, and I told them what happened, and I said, I'm done for the day. In my head, I knew I was going to be done for good sooner than later. I'm pretty strong-headed, so I would not say that I was traumatized by the event, but I was affected quite a bit, mostly about the life lessons, enough to be able to tell the story quite vividly after some 20 years later. The way that father looked at me just made me realize how important it is to appreciate everything because it does not last forever and how much being a good person matters. I think the lawn guy would have been the last person most people would have ever thought about, which to this day motivates me to always try to be the better person in every situation and to treat others the way you want to be treated. I am not always successful at this, but if I do catch myself, it's moments like this that pop in my head. 20 years later, little things mean a lot. Working and connecting online is only going to be more and more common and part of our daily routines, but the same rules of kindness and respect matter. Respond with a thank you if someone takes the time to answer your question or do not write a scathing or a mean spirited emails to a company because your product is not working right. We live in a digital world, but there is usually a human on the other end of that that has feelings just like you. So be nice. And just as important, are you happy? Are you currently living or are you trying to create the life that you really want? Are you living on your own terms and making decisions for you? I am actually very cautious and conscious of giving people advice like quit your job or go do your thing. I'm practical, I'm strategic and everybody is wired differently. I'm not romantic about being an entrepreneur or working for myself. I'm just very conscious of doing things that are meaningful and are satisfying to me. And my goal usually involves trying to be happy. I want to love what I do and be happy where I live. I think a lot of people share that same thing. I moved to Florida for a job that I worked at for eight plus years. It was a perfect fit for me and not once did I wish I was on my own. So be thoughtful about your decisions. Do not feel pressured to venture it out on your own just because others tell you it's cool or it's awesome or it's the way to have freedom. Freedom is doing what you know is best for you and not being afraid to own it. You need to figure out what you really, really want and put yourself on that path. No matter how silly or even simple it might seem. You can make a living today doing almost anything if you just try. My whole reason for telling you this story today is to make you stop for a second and do a gut check. Look in the mirror. Make sure you are not living someone else's version of your life. Self-doubt is a story you're telling yourself. It's living how you were always taught, who is the right or the practical or the safe way. You don't want your friends or your family to worry or you don't wanna let them down. You want people to know that you are doing your best. That's all very natural. We all do it. But if you are burning up inside with an idea or an interest in doing something else that others might not understand or you might be told it won't work, you have to try. You have to find a way to start doing it on the side or at any time you can squeeze out. Your happiness makes your life and everyone around you better. If you are not doing everything in your power to seek happiness and fulfillment, now is the time to start. I am not a futurist, but I really believe that we are in a holding pattern right now with massive disruption about to turn things upside down. But right now, everything is wide open and for the taking. It's a free-for-all right now, and very soon that is all going to change. The online landscape as we know it is not gonna be such a level playing field. I have no idea what is going to happen. I am excited though, because I am putting myself in a position to win. I just really hope you are too. I think we all have this open canvas right now and you have to take advantage of this incredibly creative time that we are in. Go all in. It does not matter what you paint on your canvas so long as you are being completely honest with what you want and it is perfectly okay if that is working at a nine to five job at a bank. I left New Hampshire shortly after the incident because I knew it was the right thing for me. I traded in my real job for a bartending job that actually paid me about twice as much money And it always made me laugh because half of the people would ask me while I was working, so what do you really do for work? I had a master's degree after all, so bartending could not have actually been my job, right? Well, self-doubt is when you listen to those people and then think everyone is thinking the very same thought, so you start to believe it. It's hard, but be aware of it and make decisions that you know in your gut is right for you. Creating the life you want, it's incredibly difficult. It's time-consuming, it's scary, it's always changing and never certain. As cliche or as common as you hear it, it doesn't change the fact that you really only have one life and it can be over in an instant. Are you living the life you want? Are you trying to? If yes, congratulations. And if you are not, start creating it. Learn, create, move forward. And if I can help you, as always, you can email me anytime, mike at mikemurphy.co. You'll find today's show notes at mikemurphy.co forward slash EP 139. I thank you for joining me. I hope you join my one man band and together we can learn, create and move forward. Cheers.